and rolling wild. Hi, I'm Alejandra, and I'm a voice actor. Welcome to Rolling Wild, a voiceover about voiceover. In this podcast series, a young professional voice actor, that's me, talks all things VO and takes the opportunity to pick the brains of some pretty cool people. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to Rolling Wild. Glad you've decided to stay on with me and give it another go. In today's episode, I want to touch on the life cycle of voiceover work. And the big question I want us to answer, or tackle at least, is what happens when you've quote-unquote made it as a voice actor? What happens when you've booked a series, or a video game, or even an ad campaign? What do we define as making it? Most people would probably define making it as booking a big role on a popular series, or a video game, or maybe just working consistently. Well, those two things don't necessarily go hand in hand. Just because you book something big doesn't necessarily mean you're working consistently. And working consistently doesn't mean you necessarily book anything of note in the wider ecosystem of fandom and popularity and recognition. As a voice actor, you could be working on, and often do work on, things no one will ever hear, recognize, or talk about. And often, working consistently means something very different in voiceover and entertainment than it does in most any other freelance, non-entertainment field. Recently, I was sitting in the waiting room of my agent's office. I was waiting to go into the booth and record an audition, and another actor from my agency walked in. We were both waiting to record some auditions, so we began to engage in small talk, as you do. Do you work a lot? He asked. I paused for a moment, not quite sure how to respond. Some? I said finally. After all, the term a lot in this business is all too relative, and that scale tends to slide. That's great, he said with genuine enthusiasm. Being the socially adjusted adult I pretend to be, I asked him, what about you, as the law of reciprocity demands? Well, I've booked like one thing. He sort of sighed and then trailed off. I felt pretty bad for bringing it up, seeing his reaction, but he had asked me first, so I felt a touch set up on that one, like I was walked right into that trap. (sighs) So I wondered how to move past this awkward silence. Are you new to voiceover, uh, to the department? I asked. He explained that he'd been with the agency a while for on-camera work, but only with the voiceover department for the last couple of years and had heard from another actor that he might only expect to book about a couple of jobs every 1,000 auditions. Not knowing the fast and hard math on this, guys, and also not wanting him to feel too discouraged. After all, this is not an easy industry, and by all accounts, he seemed like a decent, hard-working guy. So I remember a statistic released by sag after in the previous year. And since we love to define terms for you here on the show, I'll take a second to explain what sag aftra is. So to the uninitiated, SAG stands for Screen Actors Guild, and AFTRA stands for the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. 
Both were unions representing actors and entertainers to establish basic rights, rules, and protections for performers when they were working, whether they were on set or in the studio. And they also negotiated union contracts and set scale minimums for pay, among many other beneficial services. But in 2013, the unions realized that, hey, they represented many of the same performers and would be stronger together. So they united to represent their performing members with one voice. And since 2013, they have been known as SAG-AFTRA. Getting back to my friend in the waiting room, I remembered a statistic released by SAG-AFTRA in the previous year that claimed that, on average, a union actor, a union voice actor, could expect to book about one project for every 200 voiceover auditions. What? Can you imagine interviewing for different jobs every single day? All kinds of jobs. And going on about 200 job interviews before you got hired for one? And then doing that job for a few hours one day? And then starting the process over and over and over again? And then over again? If you can, congratulations, you're one step closer to understanding a little bit of what it's like to be an, air quotes, working actor. And that's just trying to get the job. As an actor, you're constantly in between work, working to get work. In 2016, at a Yomacon voiceover panel, super talented voiceover actor J. Michael Tatum put it this way. Acting is a hard life. Acting is weird and it's full of rejection. Like, I, the, the, the going rate is like, acting is like nine no's followed by a maybe. And, it, and maybe you get a big, hard, like, confident yes every, like, hundred auditions. I mean, to this day, I mean, here I am, I've been doing this for the better part of, of 15 years now, professionally, and a full-time voice actor, I get about, I'd say, 25 to 30 auditions a week, and I land maybe two roles a month. Now, when it comes to a career in entertainment, constant effort is just a reality. When it comes to life, really. But in the case of voiceover, this isn't an industry you just get into, and then just work your way up the ranks on a set path. There is no clear-cut career ladder. It's a constant grind. And no matter how you get here, you stay in by putting in the work. And even when you do get that, air quotes, big break, or air quotes, make it, or whatever idiomatic colloquialism suits, you aren't ready to kiss the audition circuit goodbye. Oh no. You aren't done pushing and growing and working for it. Dee Bradley Baker, my good pal. I wish he was my pal. So Dee Bradley Baker puts it this way. You still have to continually earn your momentum from the gatekeepers of employment. And he's Dee Bradley Baker, so obviously he's right. In most industries, you find work, you interview, you get in, and then you're working. As an actor, your job is job search. Unpaid job search punctuated by beautiful yet often brief periods of working on any given project and reaffirming why you do what you do, why you lead the life you do. And in the moments that you are truly doing what you love, it's all worth it. Recently on social media, I came across a particularly hateful and ignorant view of the work that voice actors do. It was a rather ridiculous version of a general sentiment that tends to permeate the wider view of individuals who don't quite understand or simply don't appreciate what a good voice actor does. 
Now, the account has since been suspended for inappropriate conduct. I'm not sure if related to this particular tweet or others. But side note, I believe that the account owner had all the right to say what he or she did. Just because you're ignorant and shouldn't say something doesn't mean you shouldn't be allowed to say something. Because the beautiful thing that happens on the flip side is intelligent debate. People who know more about that subject oftentimes will jump in, and I appreciate that part at least. And whether or not that changes that particular individual's mind, it definitely opens a dialogue with a wider community of participants and passive observers. And I did see a great deal of, at least, attempted education. Ultimately, I believe the account was suspended for the way in which it was addressing other users who were attempting to share an opposing view, uh, not specifically for that tweet. But again, getting back on topic, the tweet read thusly. Voice acting isn't real acting. Literally, anyone can do it. Voice actors are nothing but greedy And each word was punctuated by a nice little clap emoji. So for those out there who make comments like, actors are just greedy and literally anyone can do it, voice actors are some of the most talented, hardest working people I know. They also happen to be some of the kindest and most generous performers in the entertainment industry. And more often than not, they are not living greedy lives of luxury, like we'd all like to believe. They worry about paying the bills and supporting their families while trying to pursue their dreams. And it's a powerful thing for a single performer's work to reach and stay with generations and generations of nostalgic and starry-eyed fans of shows and, and games that they were a part of. But before an actor ends up on that show you love or in your favorite video game or even voicing that moody car commercial or that wacky radio ad, they're in the booth auditioning and auditioning and auditioning. They might audition at home, in a personal home recording space like the one I'm coming to you from right now, or in their agent's office, in their agent's professional recording space, or they might be called into an actual studio to record their audition. Some clients like you to come into their studio or a studio they've hired to do their casting to come in and see you take direction and see how you work. Sometimes you'll book off the first audition. Sometimes you'll be asked to come in for a callback, which is an invitation to return for a second audition or interview, if you'd like to look at it as an interview. The callback is often in that third-party professional studio, by the way. And whether it's a larger studio like Disney or Nickelodeon, which often brings you into their professional space, or a third-party studio bringing you in to see how you handle their direction, or how they work with other actors, you get around. Now, if the project is ADR, which I mentioned in the first episode and we'll define here, automated dialogue replacement, or dubbing, replacing original dialogue with translated dialogue or revised dialogue, then you are definitely brought in for a callback in person, if you're in the running anyway, because they want to make sure that you can match to picture, you know how to work in an ADR format or a dubbing format, and they want to make sure that your voice really does suit the character. If you do get the job, big if here, congrats! It's happy, it's exciting, you feel validated as an actor once again! So you show up to record on your appointed day at your appointed time, you're professional, you're prepared, you're early, you know what you're doing, and a few hours later, 
it's over. And you're on to the next 200 auditions. Now, this isn't always the case. If you are lucky enough to be a series regular on a multi-season show, you establish a pretty consistent schedule of work. And you also get super attached to the character that you play, and you get attached to the other actors you work with, and the other professionals, the producer, the director, the audio engineer. You become a whole big family, and that is a dream. That is the dream. But the truth is that that can change any day. And those kinds of jobs are not your everyday. They can be few and far between, unless you're Tara Strong or John DiMaggio or Kari Payton or Kari Walgren or take your pick. And even that isn't always enough to get by in between work. So I want to throw it now to this excellent blog post by Michael Pollack or Mike Pollack, and I'll read a bit of it here, an abridged version, if you will. And I'll link the full post in the show notes for this episode on my personal site. Now, just to give you some context, Mike has gotten a good deal of grief for working on a particular project that was not received very positively. Now, in his post, in his blog post, Mike writes, As a working actor, I have no idea where my next paycheck is coming from. So while it's adorable that y'all think I must vet all my gigs by some internal standards and practices committee in my head, the world ain't like that. I'm self-employed. A freelance independent contractor. Free to work for whoever's willing to hire me. I was never a full-time employee of any of the companies with which you usually associate me. And I'll take a moment just to give you an aside of my own. Uh, This is not a part of his blog post. But one of the projects Mike is most often associated with is Sonic the Hedgehog because he is Dr. Eggman. Okay, back to post. Like all actors, voice or otherwise, I'm hired by any number of clients on an hourly or per-project basis to voice what they need me to voice. Then I'm off to find the next gig. I constantly audition for gigs of all genres, most of which I won't book because the odds are always against each individual actor in a crowded field of auditioners. Recording a Sonic game takes about four hours a year. A year has 8,756 other hours to worry about. And it's my job as an actor to try and fill up as many of those hours with work as possible. And I don't think I could say it any better. So you take all kinds of work wherever you are lucky enough to get it as a voice actor. And in the meantime, you try to keep your time open, your finances stable, your voice healthy, and your artistry alive. You battle the self-doubt and the unsavory comments that crop up now and again. There are a lot of very opinionated people on the internet. What? Shocking, I know. And you just keep chugging along, doing what you do. And now I want to take it back again. In our first episode, in our intro episode. I mentioned that I sometimes feel like I somehow pulled a fast one on Hollywood and got air quotes in. And while I can logically rationalize why and how I got here today, doubt is a sneaky and creeping thing. There's been a lot of work getting to this point. But in no way does this encompass the amount of work it will continue to take to get where I want to be, which is always a little further, that's not true, always a lot further down the road than I am today. Because even I'm still fighting for it. And I've been so blessed to work on such amazing projects 
and with such amazing characters. But there's still so much more that I want to do. There's still so much more that I have to give. And I know that's every actor that gets into this with a dream and with a drive and a passion. But I don't ever want to feel like I've arrived. Like I've quote-unquote made it. Well, I mean, sure, there is a very sane part of you that wants to feel like you've, key phrase, made it. You don't want to be struggling in between paychecks or in between jobs or feeling like you don't know when the next job is going to crop up. But I never want to feel like this is it and there is nowhere to go. And sure, it sucks to feel out of your depth or when that doubt creeps in inadequate. But I never want to feel so comfortable that I can't grow. And it's a daily thing to keep that mindset. You know, I've said before, my big thing is that I want to stay grateful and humble. And I want to keep pushing forward. But that's a daily thing you have to remind yourself to do, whether it's me, whether it's you listening. It's so important. And that's why I bring it up. I've enjoyed our time together today. And I'd like to continue our conversation in the next episode. So I'm looking forward to our next installment. I hope you'll stick around with us. I've defined a couple of terms for you today. SAG-AFTRA, EDR, dubbing, callbacks. I have one more for you before we go. I promised this would be informative, didn't I? So my last term for you today is... Session, or recording session. One of my favorite terms, because it means work. It means being in the studio doing what I love to do. Now, I'm sure many of you know either from previous experience or just inferentially what the term refers to, but formally defined a session, a recording session, is the time an actor spends recording their copy or script, starting from the moment when the actor reports into the studio and ending when the director or producer calls, that's a wrap on the record. So thank you for sitting in with us today and listening and learning. Um, Please stay tuned for the next episode. And that's a wrap. I'm Alejandra, and this has been Rolling Wild. We'll call that episode 102.